Hi, I'm Jackie Jones and welcome to my podcast, Living Life Being Human, the number one podcast for anxiety, stress and mental health support. Don't forget to click subscribe to be notified of my latest podcast episodes. And if you get any value from this podcast, please support me by leaving a review. It really does help me out and it motivates me to keep making these podcasts. You can connect with me on social media at Jackie Jones Coaching and subscribe to my YouTube channel to get weekly videos all around anxiety, stress and mental health. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome back to this next episode of Living Life Being Human with Jackie Jones. I was asked a while back if I would contribute to a book that a colleague of mine was writing and I jumped at the chance. So I want to read you a chapter of my colleague's book. Um, It's written by Sarah Taylor from Coaching Healthy Minds. You can find her online on Facebook and the website um, sarahtaylor.com. The book's called Anxiety is a Effer, or is it? There's a swear word in there. And this is chapter eight, written by me. I feel like I've known Sari all my life. The reality is it's been about eight or nine years. She's kind of like the yin to my yang. We've been alongside each other through lots of life events over those eight or nine years. So when Sari asked me to contribute to her book, it was both a privilege and an honour that she thought of me. I first met Sari when I was facilitating some training she attended on behaviour management. We hit it off straight away. Behaviour management was my kind of thing back then. I was a foster carer and was looking outside the box for ways to help the teenage boys that we were caring for at the time. It was Sari who got me into transactional analysis psychotherapy. We trained at the same institute in Manchester, only I was a few years after her. And I suppose we both found the three principles around the same time. Training to be a psychotherapist for me was another way of helping people. That was the reason I was doing it. Not for any personal reasons, after all, I didn't need therapy. Little did I know. My philosophy on life was suck it up buttercup and get on with it. I'm not sure if you know that part of psychotherapy training in this country is that you are obliged to have weekly personal therapy as part of your training. My theory of not needing therapy went out the window. I suppose I found out some things about myself, but to be honest, I'm one of those people who doesn't like revisiting the past. If it wasn't that good first time round, why would I want to go back and do it all over again in a room with a therapist? I think that's why the three principles got me hooked from the start. It doesn't matter about your past, your experiences, your family or how you were parented. In fact, when I see clients now, I don't need to know anything about their history. Our past doesn't define who we are. Often it's our thoughts about the past. They're what keep us stuck. So what are the three principles? One of the things hopefully you will come to realise when reading this is that no matter what I write, it will only ever be my thoughts and my reality about the understanding. What is a principle? Gravity is a principle. I'm not sure I've ever really questioned what gravity is. I just know that if I drop something, it falls. So I suppose my personal opinion of a principle is something that I accept without question on a daily basis. One of my favourite sayings is, it is what it is until it's not. 
My understanding around the three principles is ever evolving, so I will try to explain it from the place I am in today. I have no doubt tomorrow it will be slightly different, but hey, that's okay. The three principles are made up of universal mind, universal consciousness and universal thought. These three things were brought together by Sidney Banks, the Scottish welder in the 1970s. Although very clever in his own right, he wasn't always seen that way in certain circles because his education was sometimes seen as inferior. Universal mind is constant and unchangeable. People explain it differently. Again, what follows is my understanding. It's a universal system that keeps everything running. Depending on your beliefs, it could be your God or Mother Nature. It's a force or energy that has no beginning or end. It's neutral and it does what it does without bias or for the good of any individual entity. It's how the sun knows when to rise, the leaves know when to grow and when to fall and probably how we all came into being. Basically, it's the be all and end all. Michael Neal is one of the first people I came across when learning about the three principles. He has a wonderful way of explaining the unexplainable and this is what he says about universal mind. The principle of mind. There is an energy and intelligence behind life. This is ever present but is not in control. It has no inherent morality or apparent point of view. It simply ensures that but for the interference of external circumstance Acorns become oak trees, cuts heal, and life begets life. If all that sounds a bit woo-woo and it's hurting your brain a little, the way I sometimes explain it to people is that it's kind of like electricity for a television. It's just there, running in the background, doing its thing. So the telly can be on or off, change channels, change brightness, volume control, access the internet and do all the wonderful things smart TVs can without having to keep checking on it. It'll just still do its thing. Everything is interconnected and works in unison like a perfect symphony. No one thing is more important than the other, but together they create anything and everything. It's funny that as I'm writing this and trying to explain something that I've never really thought so deeply about, I'm a little concerned. And it's took me right back to where I started. It's a principle. The more we attach words to it and try to explain it, the further away from the understanding it becomes. A bit like trying to catch water with a sieve. So maybe it's just a knowing that in the end, if we don't interfere, universal mind will just continue to do its thing in the background without drawing attention to itself. Universal consciousness. Universal consciousness. One of the definitions of conscious is being aware of something. So universal consciousness relates to our awareness of how things work for us as human beings. Personally, I'm not sure how our brains have evolved at the same pace as technology. To a certain extent, they still function the way they did when we were cavemen. And this can be a bit of a hindrance in the 21st century. But again, if we don't interfere and let things be, underneath all the stress and worry of modern day living, we are okay. When I was first introduced to the three principles, I researched online and studied as much information from as many different sources as I could find. That's just how I am. My awareness of how things worked using the three principles ebbed and flowed. One minute I thought I understood it and the next I thought I'd lost it. 
the harder I tried, the less I seemed to understand. And that again is one of the ways the three principles work. It's a knowing and a feeling that happens when you least expect it. It's an insight. Have you ever had one of those moments when you've been struggling with something for what seems like an eternity and suddenly the answer comes to you as clear as day? When you stop pursuing something and it just happens. The three principles is all about insight and it's something you can't teach. One definition of an insight is stated as the capacity to gain an accurate and deep understanding of someone or something. We all have the capacity to gain this understanding. In fact, in my opinion, we all do it anyway, but it is out of our awareness. That was a, a bit deep for me to get my head around when I first started exploring the three principles. And if you take anything away from reading this chapter, that would be my gift to you, to just explore, be curious, be human. Another little gem from Michael Neal on this is, the principle of consciousness, the capacity to be aware and experience life is innate in human beings. It is a universal phenomenon. Our level of awareness in any given moment determines the quality of our experience. So, if we are all already have universal consciousness, why do we need to learn about the three principles? That is a really good question. <laughs> Again, the answer I give come from my own personal exploration. Because we often find ourselves stressed, worried and overwhelmed, our innate well-being and awareness can become clouded by overwhelming thoughts and feelings. Part of this understanding is knowing that underneath everything is as it should be. I often talk with clients about something Michael Neal spoke about, that no matter what the weather is like, the sun is always in the sky. We don't question that. In fact, we don't really pay much attention to it. It can be foggy, snowing, raining, a sandstorm, or even a tornado. But out there somewhere, there is the sun. It's kind of like saying our innate wellness is always there, even when we are experiencing stress, worry, or a thought storm. The other thing worth mentioning when we talk about universal consciousness, awareness, and our understanding is our state of mind. Our state of mind is transient and it fluctuates on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. One moment we can be on top of the world and the next having a feeling of impending doom. That's often what we do as human beings. We wait for the bubble to burst. Go back to what I said earlier on about our brain not developing and that often we still function as cavemen. As a little bit of a sideline here, bear with me. In the good old days when there were sabre-toothed tigers and we had just invented the wheel, we needed to focus on the negatives for our survival. If our environment changed, we needed to be aware of it so we could protect ourselves. And it worked because we're all still here. It's always easier somehow for us to focus on the negative, and I believe that's because we haven't developed at the same rate as the world around us. Our brains haven't developed. We can often react in the same way as a life and death situation when we've forgotten to answer an email or a text message. Our brains can't differentiate between the two. And that, for me, is where universal consciousness and our awareness can help us the most. Our state of mind affects our awareness without a shadow of a doubt. When my state of mind is in a good place, I refer to it as genius, Jackie. Everything seems to just fall into place without much effort. I can throw negative thoughts and feelings off and life seems wonderful. However, when my state of mind is in a not so good place, at the bottom of the ladder, so to speak, everything changes. 
My negative thoughts stick around a lot longer. That then affects the way I feel, that then affects the decisions I make. See the formula at the end of this chapter. My awareness of how things worked has packed its bags and gone. I call this numpty jacket. The awareness comes into knowing which one we are in and when we are in it. Making decisions as numpty jacket is not their best idea. And usually there is not a good outcome. Whereas genius jacket nails it every time. That's not to say she never gets it wrong, but if she does, she doesn't beat herself up over it. Whereas Numpty Jackie can sometimes get it right, but will still always manage to put a negative twist on it. Funny how that works. This is where the understanding of the three principles comes together for me. So we've looked at universal mind that pretty much left to its own devices does its own thing. So that's the electricity or the power behind us all. Universal consciousness is like the smart TV. Sometimes it just does its own thing depending on what you were watching last time, where your state of mind was. It can make suggestions going off where you were the last time it was on. Kind of like what Facebook does when you Google support knickers. Everything on your news feed is suddenly about supporting all your wobbly bits. Sorry, is that just me? Shared a little bit too much information there, I think. Universal thought. The final part of the jigsaw is universal thought. Here's Michael Neal again. The principle of thought. We create our individual experience of reality via the vehicle of thought. Thought is the missing link between the formless world of pure potentiality and the created world of form. Don't worry if you have to read that a few times or if it doesn't make sense even after you've read it 10 times. That still happens to me. Here's my take on universal thought. Thoughts are neutral until we give them energy. And the energy we give them depends on our state of mind and our awareness. Can you see how it's all coming together now? So if universal mind is the electricity or power and universal consciousness is the smart TV, then universal thought is the program we put on the TV to watch. Google says we have up to 60,000 thoughts a day. If we gave energy to all 60,000 thoughts, our heads would probably explode and we definitely wouldn't have time for anything else. So what we tend to do is give energy to the ones that mean something to us at any given moment. Remember our state of mind? We often make a story up around the thoughts that we have, just like a television programme. If I'm genius, Jackie, the story will be a bestseller and everything works out well in the end. But... If I'm numpty Jackie, it's likely to be a whole 12-part series of mega disasters. Unfortunately, we have no control over the thoughts that pop in our head at any given moment, but we do have control over which ones we give energy to, which links into our consciousness and our awareness and our state of mind. Sometimes it's like being on autopilot. Thoughts are transient and neutral and they just pass through if we let them. As this book is about anxiety, I'll give you an example of how this might work. I don't consider myself an anxious person, but as everyone does, I have moments where I feel apprehensive and nervous. Having a whole range of feelings and emotions comes with being a human being. Sometimes life can throw us a curveball and can affect our state of mind. If our universal consciousness and awareness kicks in, we know the system and we know how it works. If, on the other hand, our awareness is low, the negative, overwhelming thoughts can get hold and before we know it, we're stuck in a cycle. 
I suffered from postnatal depression with all three of my children and it got progressively worse. My last child was born in November 2004. On Boxing Day of that year, there was a massive tsunami in Indonesia. Now, admittedly, due to postnatal depression, my state of mind had taken a hit and my thoughts went into overdrive. At its worst point, I wanted to move house to a higher ground in case there was a tsunami near me. I really lost the plot. Every waking moment, I felt anxious. One of the things I now know is that there is always a thought before a feeling. As Sydney Banks, creator of The Three Principles says, your thoughts are like an artist's brush. They create a personal picture of the reality you live in. And mine were creating the worst reality I could imagine. As a foster carer at the time, I refused to talk openly about what was going on for me. My thoughts were telling me that if anyone knew, they would remove the children from our care. So I struggled on. Looking back, I'm not sure at what point things changed, but they did, thankfully. An interesting thing that I will always remember about that time is that I was in the throes of a massive panic attack when the phone rang. It was somebody calling about PPI. The thoughts and the massive panic instantly disappeared when I heard the phone ring. Why was that? Why is it possible for us to drop thoughts instantly when something else gets our attention? Along with the thoughts, the feelings disappear as well. That's our innate wellness. We all have it. We're born with it and we never lose it. It's like the sun. It's always in the sky, even when the weather covers it and we can't see it. The three principles is all about being human. There's a few equations that might help you move forward. Thoughts equal feelings. Thoughts plus feelings equal actions. So if we use that equation, anxious thinking equals anxious feelings. Anxious thinking plus anxious feelings equals your story, whatever it may be. To finish off, here's a blog I wrote about putting a post on my business page. My understanding of being human is always evolving and it's okay with me. When I take the pressure off and trust that my innate wellness or internal satnav will guide me, everything just seems so much easier. There's always a thought before a feeling. We humans, it seems, have anywhere between 12,000 and 60,000 thoughts per day. Thoughts like, mmm, chocolate, come and go, with not much impact. But what about the thoughts that stick around a bit longer? Thoughts like, what if I get anxious? Last time I did that, I made a fool of myself. These kind of thoughts can prevent us from living the life we want. The reality is they are just the same, just as mundane. These thoughts we have each and every moment. The difference is we build a story around them. Here's what I mean. When I started writing this post, I was keen as mustard and raring to go. Then the thought started. This is how it went. I'll put a post on my page. It needs to be an interesting, useful post. It'll have to be funny, no professional, no interesting. What do I need to do to keep them reading? Oh crap, I don't know what to put now. What will get their attention and keep them reading it? Does it need to be educational? I always do this, overthink when I get nothing done. Oh, for flipping sake, sod it, I'll just post a meme. So, did I post a meme? No, I wrote this, and if you're still reading, something is familiar or pricked your interest. If we don't notice the thoughts, we can create a whole story around them. It becomes real. We create a feeling to go with the thoughts, and it's usually a crappy one. 
Then we act on those feelings, not doing something or doing something we regret later. We can't stop our thoughts, it's part of being human. We can't stop our feelings either, but we don't always need to act on them. We can just notice the thoughts. Let the crappy ones go. They're like buses, there'll be another one along soon enough and if it's a better one, hop on it. Big hugs, Jackie.